0: From realghoststoriesonline.com, this is Real Ghost Stories Online, the podcast. Our phone number, 855-853-4802. You can write into us on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. And please remember to subscribe to our show, whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, TuneIn Radio, you name it. There's a lot of them out there. Please press that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes as we send them out to you. On uh, As I saw in a documentary today The Internets
1: The Internets
0: It was about the uh, the beginning of Napster Okay And uh, it just it kind of took me back to the early part Or the late part of the 90s Where it was just kind of like how How amazing Napster was at that time And really it never has been quite replaced No The magic of it But uh, I heard the term Internets used quite a bit And it was just funny watching people try and talk Because they were showing clips from that point in time Where people are talking about the Internets and the World Wide Webs, and putting S's on things, and using terminology where it shouldn't be used. It was it was funny, but that's funny. Uh, it was just a little little throwback. Oh, well, sure. Which it's crazy to think how much of a throwback that really is because it doesn't seem all that long ago. Uh, if you're not an EPP yet, that's an extra podcast person. We ask that you please become one. Uh, one of the benefits to that is you get a bonus episode that only goes out to our EPPs. We send that out once a week. Just like our regular episodes, some good stuff in there just for you. It's a thank you for being an EPP. It's 5 bucks a month. You do it to the website. It, that $5 a month goes a long way to keeping this show alive and on the air every single day. So it really is the backbone of our community. If you like the show, we ask that you do that. Uh, if you hate us, I understand why. But if you like it and you listen a couple times a week, think about throwing a little money in the kitty and uh, keeping it uh, keeping it going there if you, if you like it. I kind of talk in Wisconsin-ish there, aren't I? Yeah, throw a little money in the kitty there. I'll buy you old-fashioned down, uh, down at the Supper Club.
1: Yeah, you can tell you've been home hey, recently.
0: I love those. Uh, can I get some of those snacks at the bar to bring over here with us? Okay, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so please uh, please do support the show. Uh, on today's episode, got some good stuff for you, some follow up. some uh, some new pictures that have been sent into us. We'll talk about that. And, uh, of course, some great calls, including... Uh, what I, I see is a fairly long one uh, from a brand new listener who says that she's been listening to the show for a while. And this is where I listened to the first you know, two seconds of the call. And that's what I gathered. But it looks interesting. OK, so uh, we'll uh, we'll get to that in just a little bit here. Real Ghost Stories. Online, A uh, comment on uh, one of our pictures, somebody said, I noticed a pic on your site entitled Jamie Fletcher Ghost Photo. I wanted to uh, show you how easy it would be to fake. I've included a similar photo, and the ghost is smoke from a cigarette. Enjoy. I believe in the paranormal, but you just can't be too careful. Regard, Richard uh, Price. And Richard, thank you for writing in and Thank you for sending in uh, your own uh, version of a ghost photo, if you will. Um, but that's kind of the, the whole thing of this show. Pretty much anything we put on the show could be faked for sure there's not one thing that could not be complete bs but uh that's that's what you get with a show like this it's all pretty much taking other folks at their word to share what they believe were paranormal experiences and it's up to you guys to to judge whether it's real or not 99 percent of the cases we just go here it is judge for yourself um so you're right. I mean, that photo, it could very well be cigarette smoke. Or it could very well be something that showed up on their screen, their, their camera and they didn't know what it was. Um, there's some photos that we've had questioned a few times that look like it's snow in the dark. Um, and the, the person who sent them in said it was orbs. They said it was not snowing at all when they sent the photo in. So we have to take them at their word that it was not snowing. It was taken over Gettysburg. So theoretically, it makes a lot of sense to have a lot of orbs there. Yeah. Um, but again, it's one of those things... Pretty much anything can be faked. We just say, you know, if it if it looks remotely legit, the person has a story to back it up. Um, we're happy to share it on the show. That's that's really what it's all about. That's so, all we can do. Yeah. So the, that's. Uh, I don't want anyone to feel like they can't send us their stuff. we afraid someone's going to debunk it or this or that. If you got something, you don't know what it is, send it in to us and and we 'll just go from there because that 's what the show is is all about. Uh, hi, Tony and Jenny. The photo that i 've attached was taken at a haunted farm near uh, North Wales. Uh, I was there with my paranormal group doing an investigation when our medium told us to get off the property immediately as there was a negative entity there and it wanted to hurt someone in our group, and we were hot tailing it down the drive. I stopped and turned around and took a photo. Uh, what do you both make of the blue orb? I love your show. I've listened to every episode so far. It's awesome. I've been interested in ghosts ever since I was about two years old. When my experiences first started as my mother's house is haunted. Uh, I'll write in with some of my story soon. Thanks for uh, putting uh, 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 all the effort into this show. Uh, okay, so there's, uh, I put this picture up in the gallery section as well. It's, it's towards the bottom where the new ones go. Bunch of orbs in the photo and a Giant blue orb in this photo. Okay. That's a new color for an orb. Yeah. We've seen orange recently. Now we have blue and they are typically fairly white. I don't know. I wonder if the, the colors m- signify a more intense entity.
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, you know how some orbs are really fuzzy on the edge? Mm-hmm. This is a very sharp, defined orb. It, to me, it comes across as like a strong orb, like a strong presence. Mm-hmm. So, going along with the story, that fits in my point of view.
0: Maybe it's like getting closer to manifesting itself or something. It almost looks like a cell dividing. It almost looks like it has a nucleus there in the middle. I mean, it really... It kind of... It's really interesting. Uh, Anyway, you can check it out, and it tells what you think on the website, Real Ghost Stories Online. Just go to the uh, photos section. Uh, Another uh, letter. I have a weird moment uh, once where I couldn't understand spoken English. Okay, this is in relation to what we're talking about the other day, where I said there was that... where I couldn't read anything. Yeah. And everything was jumbled and we're talking about different experiences like that. So this person is saying, I had a weird moment once where I couldn't understand spoken English. It was about 10 and my teacher was uh, talking to me in perfect plain English and I just couldn't understand her. I kept asking her to repeat herself. I was speaking to her in English, but she w- what she was saying back to me just wasn't clicking like she was speaking French or something. Your odd, unable to read moment just reminded me of that, and the time I didn't recall uh, that I drank a lot of water or done any abnormal things that day, but it's not happened to me again since. I've never spoken of it to anyone, but wonder if it's happened to anyone else.
1: I don't know. I mean, years we could kind of pinpoint back to Mm -hmm. the excessive amount of water, and essentially that's like a case of water poisoning. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you don't remember doing anything out of the ordinary, I don't know.
0: I think it's an anxiety thing. I've had similar occurrences in my life at different points in times. Um, typically it was like with job interviews, I would say if it was something like I was really, really wanting and really into, um, I would get very anxious when I was younger about that. Um, and I remember uh, or being put on the spot on something that I was really not expecting and, um, I've I've been in situations where I couldn't understand what the person was saying. It's okay. bizarre, and it feels really weird. And I think it's a matter of just, you're so overwhelmed with the anxious feeling, and you're trying to absorb what's going on, but there's, like, a slight disconnect. And you feel like an idiot. So you're like, can you say that again? And you're really, you're not trying to, like, buy time. You're just trying to soak in whatever the hell's being said. Um, I would have that in school a little bit, too, sometimes. I was an anxious kid. I mean, like... Various, it's almost like a panic attack, I think. Okay. And I could see that being this case where, I mean, and it's a different type of panic attack, I think. You know, you're not hyperventilating or anything like that, although it can, I've had it where it comes close to that. Um, So I could see it being something along those lines. Okay. Miss Psychology?
1: Um, I could see that. I mean, I was a very anxious kid too, and I've had um experiences where I felt like I couldn't speak because mm-hmm. I was that anxious, but not not unable to understand sure. what was being said to me.
0: I've had it where the, almost the, that goes hand in hand with it sometimes where it, it's difficult to speak. It's difficult to understand what someone is saying to you. Um, uh, all it's, that's why I think it's anxiety related you yeah. know, and borderline panicky. Um, Cause I, I, when I was younger, I had some situations where I felt like that. So there you go. I think that's all it was. I don't think it relates to paranormal. I really don't
1: probably not
0: but uh but thank you for for writing in and sharing your experience with us let's go to a caller Uh, 855-853-4802 is a phone number to call into Real Ghost Stories online hello
2: hey guys this is uh Steven from uh, Muscle Shoals Alabama um I was gonna share another story with you guys and um I thank you for the compliments on my accent um Anytime I hear myself played back, I I feel like I sound like a hillbilly or something. But anyhow, years ago when I first uh, started out in the ministry, my pastor kind of took me under his wing and um, you know showed me the ropes about pastoring and things like that. And I remember um, there was a girl who used to go to our church, and um, she was just. I don't know. Any time that I would get close to her, it would give me like a real sickening feeling, um, almost like it was draining my spirit or something. It's very strange, but I got a real wicked um, feeling from this girl. Well, anyhow, her mother called the church one day and asked if we could come over and bless her house, and said that uh, she didn't know what to do with her daughter that. She was doing lots of strange things. Well, me and my pastor went over there, and um, a few of the deacons from from my church also went with us. Um, So anyhow, we got in the house, and my pastor kind of looked around, and, you know, um, I guess kind of scanning for things that might be deemed, um, you know, demonic or satanic in nature. Um, but anyhow, we was talking to the mother and the mother said um, that sometimes when she goes in her room um, that she thinks it sounds like a man is talking in her room and when she goes in, it's just her daughter and she's almost like in a trance. Well, we uh, we walked up to the door and kind of prayed before we went into the girl's room and um, she had on some loud, uh heavy metal music. It, it just sounded like uh, growling or something. It was going, bah, 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 bah. And, um you know, like on a CD, before, um, in between songs or just kind of like a moment of silence, you know? Well, whenever the song went off and the other one, before the other one came on, it sure enough sounded like a man was in there talking. It was a voice It was like, I mean, it was really freaky, really freaky. Um, but the most startling thing was when we went in the room. What was happening? Well, my pastor, I really admire him. Uh, he's not afraid of anything. And uh, well, he just busted through the door. And um, as soon as we did, I was right there by him when we went in, went through the door, and. Uh, the girl was sitting Indian style on her bed staring at all but it, it looked almost like she was floating about um, a foot or two above her bed and as soon as we opened the door it looked like somebody had was holding her up that we couldn't see and just let her go and she bounced on the bed and there's just no way that she could have physically jumped up on the bed while sitting um, Indian style. It's just not It's not possible I don't think Um, But anyhow um, After several uh, Meetings with this family And praying for that girl um, We eventually uh, You know Cast the demons out And uh, the girl's doing fine now So But anyhow um, I love you guys' show And um, thank y'all for Playing my stories and all I hope they're um, a help to those maybe going through things. And um, Anyhow, y'all have a blessed evening. Thanks. I'm
0: going to be completely honest. If I were in his shoes and I walked into that sort of a situation, you know, and I have the best of intentions and you want to help and you want to do whatever it can be, and even though you are walking in with Spiritual men and men of the church and stuff. If I walked in and saw some woman levitating in her room and hearing those sounds, I would have turned and run the other way.
1: I probably would have, too. I'm not strong enough to have stayed.
0: I'm not all about getting involved in cases like that. At all, I mean, or really any case to that uh, extent, other than hearing the story, sharing the story, essentially the level we do here.
1: We like football commentators. We're happy yeah. to sit back and watch the show and talk yeah. about it. But
0: I'm not going to go jump in the ring and play. No, no. I mean, and I think good can be done from what we're doing. Of you know, and and you know, the, the thing is, I mean, it's interesting. You know, I I honestly just started doing the show really more so. As entertainment, and and I think there's a, a a huge portion of our audience that that gets their entertainment out of it. And there's a big portion of our audience that gets a therapeutic value out of it too, which is really cool. So yeah. we have these two whole groups. But um, yeah, if I were, uh, I couldn't do it. No, I would. I I'd be wait. My, my fear is this, and it's completely selfish, you know. But I, you know, it is what it is. Um, I, I would be afraid that something like that would try and latch on to me if I was getting that close to it. You know. Yeah. It would just be, okay, if this got to this person, it got to them somehow, you know, what invited that? And I think getting involved or, you know, getting into that circle of the exorcism or whatever the hell you'd call it, uh, because that's been known to happen, where those things will try and jump to other people in the room, whether they're aware of it or not at the time.
1: Yeah, I... I don't have an opposing point of view there, okay. so not going to You're not make- going to be like,
0: damn it, I wanted to go to the exorcism this Friday, Tony. No. After Friday Night Fish, we're going to go expel a demon from the girl down the road.
1: Yeah, that that's not going to be where I'm going to take it,
0: so... <laughs> All right, just checking. Hey, Brian writes, and he says, my grandma's house in Mexico used to, ha- used to be a whorehouse. Excuse the language, he says. But sometimes... If they'd get an unwanted pregnancy, they would abort the child and bury them on the property. This is a long time ago, obviously. Uh, there have been many nights where we'd hear a baby crying in the courtyards. My aunts would start praying immediately, which only made the experience that much more frightening. Lots of stuff had happened in that house. So I've been wanting to uh, call, but kind of nervous. So we will see.
1: Well, I want to hear more stories. Yeah,
0: that's the beginning of a what could be a very interesting and disturbing story at that Anytime you're like mixing the children into it, it's usually just getting disturbing. But Brian, we want to hear the story.
1: Yeah, I think we're ready.
0: Yeah, so please give us a call. Uh, at eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two. And if you have a Real Ghost Story, we would love to hear that as well. That is the phone number. You can write into us as well. Uh, and hey, while you're on the website, become an EPP. That helps us out quite a bit. It keeps the show alive. You get the satisfaction of knowing you were doing just that and being the backbone uh, of our community here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Five bucks a month, and you get a bonus episode every single week sent directly to you. And from the reviews I've been seeing uh, on uh, our uh, message boards and such... People are digging the EPP thing. They're digging the bonus episode and the stuff that's in them. So we
1: have four down. Four down. They would get all four. Yeah.
0: Literally. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be the next email. You'd be getting five. So when that goes out this weekend, you get the past four and the next one. So five episodes right there off the bat. If you're uh, been sitting there thinking about being an EPP, you've gone through all of our archives and there's a lot of people who have. Uh, Here you go. Five episodes. You can just binge the show all weekend. Once that email goes out this weekend, so check that out. There you go. Uh, let's go to another caller at eight five five eight five three forty eight
3: zero two. Hi. Hi guys. I have a story. Um, it's actually in two parts. I had written this in before but I wasn't sure if you'd ever get to it, to read it, so I decided to call it in. Um, The first part of the story is actually my grandmother's story, and it takes place in 1954, when her brother, my great uncle, was a test pilot of jets out in the desert here in California. And his plane uh, crashed, like exploded and crashed. And um, my grandmother tells a story, or she told a story of how she woke up that morning and she saw him standing at the foot of her bed in his flight suit with his eyes backed out. And he said her name, And disappeared and she found out later like that was the moment his plane crashed and he died so that's a spooky story Um, the second part of the story is a couple years ago I was living up in San Francisco and I had moved to LA a couple years ago so where I live now and my mom told me that my uncle TJ was buried here in LA he was buried at uh, Forest Lawn so one Memorial Day, I decided with my boyfriend to go up there and visit him because I, I didn't think my family had been up there in a while. And, you know, why not? He's so close to me. So I go up there, we get some flowers. The guy at the um, entrance gate told us where his, like, the area he was buried in. And um, he gives us the flag and he says, like, oh, this is the last flag for the day because it was like an hour before closing. So we had gotten there, like, just in time. And. uh we park and we start walking around looking for them and I didn't know that in cemeteries there's like little uh, markers every once in a while that will tell you where the the plot numbers that will help guide you I didn't know that so we just start walking back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and literally this goes on for half an hour forty minutes like just walking back and forth and the cemetery is about to close and I'm getting really frustrated and so I say out loud I'm like TJ where are you show us where you are you know just out of frustration so just not even like five minutes later maybe I look up and I see my boyfriend talking to a woman so I walk over there and she says did you guys call for help to find a grave and um, apparently, she worked at the cemetery. And we were like, no, no, we were just, you know, we are walking around. And she's like, well, somebody said they were in this area, a man, his name was Tom, or his name was Tim, and he needed help finding the grave. Now, this was weird to me because my uncle TJ, his, his name is Thomas. So, Tim, Tom, kind of close, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah, so, you know, she's like, okay, this is the number, the book finds it in one minute, and there he is. So, I don't know. It's extremely coincidental, but just because he had shown up to my grandmother before, I thought maybe this was his little, you know, say way to say hello to me again. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It, it was very weird, and it it was exactly what I asked for him. Show us where you are. He got it done. So Anyway, that's my story. Thanks for listening. I enjoy the show a lot. Bye.
0: Thanks for calling in and sharing your story. And I, I think you missed the episode where I did read your story.
1: Yeah, we read that one. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm pretty sure we did read that that story on an episode. We were like midway through it, like, yeah, sounding familiar, sounding familiar. Yeah. So we, 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 we did, I couldn't tell you which one we read it on. It's, it's always interesting to hear the story from their perspective. Yeah, it is. Um, But uh, we did, in fact, read your letter. Um, I, I'm sure what's going to happen now is someone on our message Hi boards... Guys. Who, uh, who knows our our chronology of stories very well, can uh, can tell you exactly what episode that was. If you'd like to hear it read, it was uh, read uh, probably th- a couple weeks ago. Yeah.
1: I think on the forum it is Sir Edward. Who Sir is, Edward's
0: a genius.
1: He's the one who can tell you the episode and the mark of where everything is. He's great. Yep.
0: There's a lot of good guys on our forum right now that are, are kind of keeping things in line and, and keeping the discussions productive and going so a big shout out to, uh, to all the guys uh, out there on the forum uh, who are doing that we really do appreciate that and you're welcome to participate in our forum on the website at Real Ghost Stories Online lots of lively discussion about uh, the calls the stories all sorts of fun stuff so maybe, uh, be sure to check that out should I read a story a letter that's been sent in to us
1: yeah I just really love it when you read them
0: okay I'm gonna read it
1: okay thank you
0: here we go and I'm going to read it in a female voice. No. I'm
1: kidding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> here we go. It says, I apologize if this is long, but it's uh, everything that's happened, not including the ghost at my work to me. So here I go. When I was young, starting at around nine years old, I lived in a small apartment. From the living room, you could see the kitchen. And on the other side of the kitchen was the door that led to the computer room. Every Saturday, my mom would go to sleep early since she had to work the next day and I would be watching TV alone in the dark. Late night, it would only appear during late nights when I was alone. I would glance over at the entrance of the computer room and almost always see a tall, dark mass peeking out of it. I'd have figured maybe it was just how the shadows worked and that my mind was just messing with me if it weren't for these little beady, glowing dots that came from, us, came from it, which I assume were eyes. Every time I tried to walk toward it, it would move back behind the door frame, and when I'd go to check the room, it would be gone. Going to sit back down on the couch and be several minutes before I would finally it would finally peek out again. I was never scared of it since it never really gave me the feeling that it was malevolent, and in a way it made me feel safe. In an odd way, it kept me company at night too. Not to mention that it seemed to be very shy from the way it acted, at least. Besides that, the only other only other activity that uh, was going on in my house uh, would be before we moved. I was sitting on the floor playing with my toys and my mother would call me and I'd look to her or get up to see what she wanted. But when I'd return, my toys, they would be all moved. And by moved, I mean go from the floor to the dresser. Still, I wasn't frightened, just mildly annoyed to say the least. After we moved out, I never saw any other ghostly appearances again. Cut to a few years later. I'm in a new apartment with my mother. We moved a lot. That was in the basement of an old home. I was told that monks used to live in the building and that the land and the back used to be a cemetery before it was renovated to make more homes. There was no activity for a long time until one day I remember reading a book and suddenly felt as if someone put their hand on the back of my leg and slid their hand down to my ankle. Of course, I was startled, as I was the only one in the house. Ever since then, the small basement apartment always gave me an uneasy feeling. My grandma moved in with us not long after that, and she would sleep in the bed we placed in the living room. She recalled recall- one morning waking up in the middle of the night and seeing a little girl's face peeking into the window and then vanishing, being extremely pale and having a glow to her. My grandma called her an angel, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't. My cat died not long thereafter. He began to bleed internally, and the vets could not figure out why. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it had something to do with the house. He did stay, believe it or not. I kept his ashes in a box in my room. Whenever I pet the box, I swear I could hear him purr. Once I got my friends to pet the box, and they shrieked because they swore they heard a meow. We moved a year later. I didn't hear purring anymore when I pet the box. We moved into the apartment building I'm currently living in, a four-bedroom apartment. I'm not comfortable here but in the least bit, but I've learned uh, to live with it for now. Since I moved in, I've noticed tempers rung high all over the apartment. A lot of people are quirky to, and are quickly to turn on the anger, even my mother and I when we first moved in. One thing my mother always tells me is all bad things happen in the rules of three. The first to die since I moved in was a woman living right above us from a sudden heart attack. Not soon after that, my neighbor across the hall died. She was a heavy smoker, and death seemed inevitable from her as her lungs worsened. When she passed, I left a flower by her door, which stayed alive for over a week and finally withered when they threw her belongings out of the apartment. She's not number two, but... Still important to what's been going on. Number two is my grandma. She died in her bedroom from a sudden heart attack too, and in my arms, unfortunately. After her death, we moved to the apartment across the way where the old smoking tenant used to live, and the landlord moved into our previous apartment. A few months ago, her husband died from a heart attack in the same room that my grandmother died in. Number three. Ever since we moved to the other side of the apartment, I feel a little better. My mother and I no longer argue like we used to, and never since my experience with my grandma's death I've been experiencing more things I occasionally smell the scent of cigarette smoke around the apartment or my grandmother's perfume or hear the sound of utensils in the kitchen jingling a bit like someone is putting something away or I see a white mist floating near my mother while she sleeps but I feel a bit safe like grandmother the old tenant is protecting us however the kitchen makes me uncomfortable and I don't like to stay there long As the bedroom of the old apartment is right on the other side of the wall, I feel like there's something evil in this house. And while this new apartment makes me feel safer, being outside in the hallway makes me so uncomfortable. Coming home late night from a work shift, I saw some dark figure that seemed to be crawling on the side of the building onto the roof. I've only seen it once and didn't dare to look at it directly, but imagination uh, or not, it's made me very uneasy. Kristen.
1: You know, I'm a little concerned that two people have had heart attacks in the same room. It makes me wonder if something is scaring them.
0: They were old, too, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they were, but that's still...
0: Well, that would play along with something scaring someone and dying. Okay,
1: okay, because I was going to say the odds of two people in the same room... Sure. You know, I think that's unusual.
0: That is unusual. I wonder if it is something of that nature... Um, My other concern would be some sort of a poisonous leak going on in that building. I could be. That is slowly intoxicating people and killing them. Uh, It's sometimes higher rates than others with the leak and uh, possibly also uh, contributing to uh, people seeing things, essentially hallucinations. Now, yeah. I'm, what makes it interesting is this: these people move from building to building. They've had a lot of paranormal things that have happened to them. Yes. So I can't necessarily say by any means that I'm pretty sure that that one's a carbon monoxide leak at all. In fact, I'm really, I'm kind of leaning toward it not being that. But it would be good to investigate that. If, if Especially if they're still living there for their own safety. Yeah. And, and get that checked out and make sure there's nothing going on. There's some, some sort of weird leak of some sort of gasket into that house that's that's doing these sort of things. And if that's ruled out, okay. I could see it being something else. And I can also see it being something where this is this case where the, the people are haunted and not necessarily an object. That's really bizarre with the cat still purring in the box after it's dead. That, to me, sounds like something dark where it's trying to seduce you into interacting with it more.
1: I wonder, are the people haunted, or are they just prone to having hauntings?
0: Is there a difference?
1: I think there is. I think um, when somebody's haunted, that means that something is latched on and is following them, versus somebody that is sensitive, where things just kind of happen when they're around. I think there's a difference. Do you see that?
0: Yeah, I can see it. Okay. That's a good explanation. I don't know. I don't know the answer to it with this case. Yeah. But
1: it could be hard to to tell the difference. Yeah. But uh, that's where I I call the difference.
0: First step check out the gas. Yeah. That's what I say. Just 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 to be sure. And I'm not calling BS by any means, but I'm just saying check out the gas just to be sure and then go from there because I, I I could see it really being a true haunting case, really more than anything, but just in case. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. Hi.
3: Hi, guys. Uh, this is Tommy from Ohio. I am brand new to the podcast, and I am absolutely in love with it. And I'm dying to tell you my story. Um, quite a few years ago, my best friend and I had decided that um, we were going to rent a home that her parents had um, in the town that we were going to college. And we were a roommate together. <clears throat> and we got into the house. It was um, newly bought, I believe, at the time, or acquired by then and um, we were going to spruce up the house there was some ungodly colored paint in the living room you know how it goes you want to fix it up yourself and make it your own um, the kitchen at the time all of the doors and all of the drawers were taken out the cabinets to have them refinished the only thing that was literally in the kitchen were some paint cans um, that were on top of each other kind of piled in a corner um, and that night, we decided we were going to paint the living room um, and get rid of this horrid color that was on the wall. And we had taken off the light switches and all the electrical switches, and there was an even worse color underneath. So we couldn't believe the layers of years and the uh, fantastically odd colors that they had put on the walls. Um, and we were kind of talking about this. And at the time, we had the radio playing. And just having a good time, decorating and and, uh, and getting everything cleaned up. And um, my best friend looks over to me and she says, Do you happen to feel something in this house? And throughout my childhood, I had had plenty of experiences of my own and kind of felt like I was attuned to things like that. And I had felt an older woman's presence in the home Kind of from the moment I got there But I didn't say anything And I told her, I said, yeah Do you think it's an older woman? She said, I I really think it is Um, And the night kind of continued on We were uh, still painting in the living room And um, I happened to say to her I said, listen to this song Like, listen to the words right here And at that moment The radio went fuzzy It changed to a different radio station And when that verse was done came back she and I just kind of looked at each other like, what in the world just happened? It's one thing if the if the station just goes fuzzy. It's another thing if it completely goes to another station, clears the bell, and then comes back. And about that time, we had seen this shadowy figure appear on the wall. We were immediately freaked out. We thought, oh my God, <laughs> something is going on. And so that night, we decided we were going to... I don't know why. Sleep in the house and uh, spooning each other all night long because we're, we're freaked out. And this was right before Thanksgiving. Um, and that night, in the middle of the night, we hit the kitchen floor, and we kind of woke up out of a fright. And I asked, "Is there? Did you did you put dishes in the living room?" And she's like, "No. Did you put something? or Excuse me, in the kitchen?" And I said, "No." And she said, no. And I said, I didn't put anything in there. And we kind of crept down the hallway and looked in the kitchen, which is in the back of the house, and literally the only things that were in there, like I said, were the paint cans that were in the corner. So that was our initial experience. And earlier that night, or the next day, when we were um, finishing up some things that we were doing in our individual rooms, you know, we we told what we felt was the older woman in the home, you know, we're sorry. We promise we'll take care of the house um, and, you know, we'll do what we would think you'd want done with the home. And we really didn't have any problems after that, so we thought, well, hey, we just cured this. This woman obviously was here and thought we were going to do something, and, and she's, pro- she's fine with us now. Um, several weeks had gone by, and all of a the sudden, there was this really bad feeling that came over the house and we weren't quite sure this was completely different than the initial feeling we had when we first come to the house to live Um, and we had realized that when we left our doors open even if they were cracked we would have really really bad nightmares so we had started closing our doors to prevent us from having any of these nightmares at night and um, my best friend's boyfriend, or husband now, or her boyfriend at the time, when he would come to the house, um, you could hear something walking up and down the hallways. And we kind of had a shotgun house, but not really. It, the kitchen was straight back. It was just one hallway all the way back and a, and a door off to your left and then an, and a bathroom to the right, um, or a full bathroom to the right with a laundry room that was added on later Um, in just this hallway just like something was just up and down up and down and I had stayed with my family one weekend and she told me, she said, you know um, my boyfriend's not coming back to the house anymore and I said, why? And she said, we were were in my room and all of a sudden this handprint appears right above my head on the wall and I was like, you've what and she's like it's still there I went in and there's this small little handprint on her wall and she said he refuses to come back here all these noises everything that's been going on lately and mind you we have been having other experiences not only with the nightmares, but hearing the um, footsteps up and down the hall, we had another bathroom. It was the hottest bathroom in the world. It was just simply a sink, a toilet, and a closet, not a linen closet, an actual closet with, like, a rod where you would hang your clothing, and um, that's where we would put our makeup on and stuff, and then the the room that was added on in the back of the house, that's the one that had the shower and and everything else in it, Um, and... Now, mind you, it's an older home, but there was a carpet on the floor, so the doors were kind of hard to get um, open. And this particular bathroom had carpet. Um, and I was in there getting ready one day, and the door opens, and I'm, I'm I'm almost certain that I saw the the knob turn. I, at this point, I was frightened out of my mind. I go flying out of the room. Um, there's a room directly across from that room, and the window was closed. So I knew it wasn't a breeze. Um, I went in. She was in the shower. I <laughs> opened up the door, and I was like, I am out of here. The door just opened on its own. And she was like, please don't leave me alone in the house. So I said, I have got to go. It's, it's on me right now. It's bothering me. So I left the house. So after a few weeks of this going on, um, my best friend had ended up she had the flu and when she gets sick she tends not to want to stay in bed she really likes to sleep on a couch so we had a love seat and a couch in the living room and she asked me she said will you please stay and sleep with me in the living room on the left seat so I tore sure that's fine so um in the middle of the night almost pre-dawn hours just right as the light was starting to come up um something made me Wake up and turn my head, and standing in front of me was a little boy. And the, his expression was of shock. He was like he went ah! and disappeared. And I, I woke her up and I said, "I'm so sorry, I'm going to wake you up." But there was just a little boy in this room. And she was like, "What?" I said, "There was a little boy in this room." And she's like, "I was just having a nightmare." I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay so that okay we just chalk that up to every other experience that we're having in the house but why is there a child in this house like we we weren't feeling a child we were feeling something that was really dark and and this was odd to see in the house um so has the As the time had gone on, we we keep talking to our families about what's going on in this house. Like my brother, I asked him to bring over a chest of drawers for me and he refused to come in the house. And my mom was like, I don't know how you're staying over there. And I was just like, well, I don't don't know how much longer this is going to last. And so um, one night, um, I was sleeping in my bedroom and I had the door cracked. I, I don't know why the door was cracked, but it was just something that we had a habit of shutting our door. Now, my bedroom was the first room off the living room, and I had a window that literally kind of slid off to the side, and you could crawl out and get onto the front porch. And um, I was dreaming about, I saw somebody come onto the porch, and it was a man dressed in black, and he had a mask on, and he had come through my window in my dream, and he had slit my throat. And... He was starting to leave the room, and I'm trying to scream to tell my best friend, He's coming to get you. He's coming to get you. He's coming to get you. Screaming, nothing's coming out of my mouth. Um, and I hear her cough and gurgle. She had really done this, and it woke me up out of this nightmare that I was having. I went running to her. I was like, Are you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. I just, I, I couldn't breathe like, oh, my God, I just had this, dream of this guy who had come through my window, slit my throat, and I was trying to warn you he was coming to get you. And you just started coughing and choking, kind of like a gurgly. I don't know what she was doing. She's trying to clear her throat or, you know, I was half asleep. So um, I could also be exaggerating that point. But there was definitely a clearing and a coughing. Um, she's like, oh, let's let's go. So we went over to uh, my mom's house. We're in a small town, so my mom was my mom lived there. Um, her parents lived there as well. Um, and so we went to my mom's house, and we stayed the rest of the night there. We weren't going back to the house. So we were trying to decide uh, what we were going to do at this point, and we kind of thought, well, maybe you know, it's fun living together, but maybe we should you know move out or whatever so the the final kind of straw for us um was the one night my uncle had visited us from uh, Massachusetts and my mom needed a camera and she said why don't you go get your camera from your house and bring it over and and so I can borrow it and uh I said mom I don't I don't want to go in there It's, it's dark She's like, I am not going to your house. And I said, okay, fine. Um, And I I had this really awful feeling kind of walking up to the house. I thought, okay, I'm psyching myself up for something. I can just feel this. This is Again, my room is right off the living room, on to the left. Um, I swing open the door, and I'm getting goosebumps just telling you this. The man that was in my dream in black was standing in my room. I left the house screaming. I got in my car. I went to my mom's and I told her, I said, I am not going back to the house. The man that I had a nightmare about that slit my throat was in my room. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said that he was in solid form in my room. I am, I'm not going back to the house. And it was that night that we, I had decided that I was moving out. I, I told my best friend about it. She didn't want to be there anymore. Um, her boyfriend at the time had stopped coming to the house. There was really just no point in us being there. So we had people, you know, right after that, help us move out of the house. Um, another little tidbit to this story, and I'm not quite sure if it, I think it has everything to do that was going on in the house. Um, the woman... There was a woman who had lived in the house that during thanksgiving when she was making dinner had died of a heart attack in the kitchen so we think that the woman that we um that we were feeling when we first moved in there and when we heard the clashing sounds in the kitchen because it was right before thanksgiving it was kind of like her reliving her death possibly in the house um and how we found this out was her mom had done a little research on the house and has told us uh, um um what she'd found. Also, her son um, was a convicted child molester, and he had been in prison. And about the time that we were feeling this very dark um, entity in the home, he had died in prison. And so for me, it kind of put a better understanding of why there was probably a child or maybe even a small handprint that showed in the, the house. Um, was representing possibly the victims of her son and we think it was her son that had come to the house and ran her off because she was gone because uh, shortly after her presence had left um, his presence had shown up so we think that he he ran her off Um, but anyways That's my story. I do apologize for it being too long. Um, Again, thank you so much for having the podcast. It's wonderful to listen to. Um, I'm going to subscribe um, and keep doing what you're doing. Thanks.
1: Thank you for the call. And what a story that was. My goodness. I would think that having somebody that had lived in the house that did horrible things would be grounds for causing there to be negative energy in the house what do you think
0: yeah i could really kind of go two ways on this you know what my guts telling me on it sure on the whole thing i think that um and people always say that i go this route too often but i don't know i think it it's the route that i think is most frequently traveled on this subject um i think that it, it may not necessarily have anything to do with the uh, former tenants. Um, I mean, it, the the negative energy may have initially been attracted to that property because of the former tenants. That may be where it stops, though. Okay. I think, it, I think what she was dealing with was a, some sort of a dark entity or a demon of some sort that uh, got its attention uh, and some sort of interaction uh, with an initial is this a a nice grandma you know cooking dinner or is this uh, a demon Um, and initially it seems kind of oh it's just you know the grandma who died or whatever Um, and then it slowly got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse because of that initial uh, recognition if you will Um, that's where I'm feeling it I I, you know I'm not saying it couldn't be a stretch uh, that it it could certainly be the you know horrible child molester ghost you know that came back in there. Um, certainly, that would not be a pleasant spirit uh, to be around. Um, but I don't know that that those sort of things are trying to make signs about what they did in life. Nor are its you know victims necessarily going to be hanging out at that house either. Um, I don't know. What do you think? That, that, that's where I'm going with it. That's where, that's how I feel as far as my guess.
1: Okay, what I think is there's more than one thing going on here. Um, okay. She said that she had had experiences before and was kind of sensitive. Sure. So I, that being said, I kind of believe that she could differentiate between the two things going on. And when she felt the presence of the lady, she didn't feel scared or anything, mm-hmm. but she could tell when that presence had left. And something else came in. And I kind of think, and this may may just be my, well, it is my opinion, but I kind of think when you're sensitive, you can tell if something is masking itself to look good versus be, you know, good. Do you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, I, I, I and this is me who's not as sensitive talking, but... I think in a lot of cases you can and I think some of these things are so dark you can't.
1: And you're probably right, but I I I have to respect the fact that she felt sure. differently about the two things.
0: Sure. Again, it's a topic that there's no real right or wrong answer on. Of course not. <laughs> but th- that's, there's, there's our thoughts on the uh, the story. You're welcome to share yours uh, by calling in or uh, commenting uh, out there on our forum on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Got a couple more calls I'd like to try and get to before we wrap up the show for today. Hi.
4: Hi, Jenny Antonio. This is Fuser calling from Norwalk, California. I was the uh, guy that called about my sister ending up trading rooms with me because she had knocking on the windows. Um, I had a quick story about my aunt and her friends and my mom and my dad getting together and playing with the Ouija board. Well, not all of them played it, but they were around in the area that it was being played. My aunt's friend and, well, two friends were playing the Ouija board and they, you know, my parents and my aunt just thought it was hocus pocus. They didn't think it was going to be real. So they were like, sure, you guys can play it, but we're not going to play it. You know, they were like, well, at least we're not going to be the ones actually touching it. Um, During that time, they started playing with it. They started asking random questions. They weren't looking for any particularly. They were just playing to play. They weren't trying to summon anything. They weren't trying to talk to a specific person that's passed on. They were just messing around. Um, I don't know. They, they never told me if they were under the influence of alcohol or anything like that, but I would assume so since my aunt usually likes to party. But um, during that time that they were doing it, there was these two girls that were playing with the widget board, and there was a guy, one of the um, guy's friends, you know, my aunt's friends that was there, his name was Miguel, and it, all of a sudden started telling Miguel, Miguel, Miguel. And they asked, what do you want with Miguel? And they they just said want him. And they asked why and they said he was weak. They said he was weak. You know. Like I ended up finding out through my aunt that Miguel was going through some tough times. He would um drink and he lost his job and he was doing his own things and he was just not in a good place. So I guess that's why I was focusing on him, and uh, they said, no, you can't have Miguel, you know, is there anything else you'd rather have, and, uh, and they received no answer. They just said, no, no, Miguel. And uh, they well, what do you want with Miguel? And they said, Miguel. It just kept saying Miguel, 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 Miguel. And... You know, he eventually ended up saying, All right, well, that's funny, guys, stop doing that. You know, and well, they're saying, Well, we're not the ones doing it. And they're like, All right, well, you know, switch with somebody else. And they're like, No, like, nobody wanted to touch it there. They started getting freaked out. Eventually, uh, Miguel, he ended up getting mad. And, you know, like, he was just, you know, just stop playing with it, let it go, stop it, stop it, stop it. And they are like, we're not, we're really, like, not trying to do this. They started getting a commotion, a commotion and commotion. Um, and all of a sudden, Miguel tried to get up. But in the way he was positioned, he was, like, near the uh, corner of the room that they were in. And he was in a chair. And when he got up, he pushed his hand onto the wall to get up. When he did that... He just said something's grabbing me, something's grabbing me. He did, like it would not let go. He said my hand is burning, my hand is burning. Please let me go, please let me go. During this time, when my aunt was telling me, she was so like she. You can tell that she was scared because she's starting remembering all this stuff. Like at first she like she remembered the story, but then she's like, oh, like she didn't think how, you know, she didn't know how scary it was until it really happened. <laughs> But his hand, like he was just saying, they won't let me go. They won't let me go. Uh, My dad and some other people were trying to like pull him away. And I mean, he wasn't grabbing onto the wall. He was just plain hand onto the wall. He said, it's burning, it's burning, it's burning. And he's like, I want to get out. I want to get out. And as soon as he said, I want to get out the last time, they all heard a growl. After that growl, it let go, but on the wall was a handprint, almost like a dark handprint, his handprint, but he, I mean, first of all, he I mean, he had nothing on his hand, so there's no way that a, a black handprint appeared on the wall. Well, oh, you know, that's one story that my aunt has told me, I have many, many more, um, there's more actual story about Miguel and that situation. Um, I guess I'll call back later because I don't know how long this has gone for. Uh, thank you for everything. And, uh, guys, keep up the great work. I love listening to you. and have been listening to you guys since the first episode. So, all right. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for calling in, and thanks for being a loyal listener. We really appreciate that. That's disturbing.
1: It is. It and is another, disturbing.
0: Another another uh, point for Ouija Awareness Month.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's almost like his hand burned a spot on the wall.
0: I, I, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine. Can you imagine being at a party and this is going down and, yeah.
1: That'd kill the party pretty quick.
0: Yeah, I think that's the point where you're putting out Candyland and everyone's like, thank God, I'm waiting <laughs> for that one all night. Uh, Thank you for that story. 855-853-4802 is the phone number. 855-853-4802. One more quick call before we wrap up the show for tonight.
5: Hello, this is Selena calling again. And I just wanted to weigh in on um, something everyone's been talking about. So everyone has been mentioning about thinking about something and then it happening and if they talk about their ghost story will it will it continue to happen and I've recently learned about simulation theory so I thought it was a good word that people would be able to put on to what they're thinking about so when you were referring to like having a redhead and then seeing redheads or thinking about your mom calling and then your mom calling a lot of people kind of run on the same wavelength as others and I feel With simulation theory, people, you bring up the points of, oh, since we're hearing the story, why didn't the ghost come to us? And from what I've read, that's because you don't become emotionally attached to the story. You're looking at it from a different perspective. But people like the woman who called with her husband, talking about it and having so much emotion set into it, I feel could Trigger it. Almost like that horrific movie from last year called Apparition where they studied on this man and and forced the thought and thought about him so much and were able to bring him into the world. I almost had the same experience when I read the book The Demonologist. I found so many more experiences were happening because I was so emotionally obsessed and invested in this book. So I just wanted to drop by that, the word. and the, the, It's not proven, but simulation theory. It, it's pretty cool, and I've had a lot of experiences with it. And you can almost practice it, which is cool. So power of the mind. But just wanted to let you guys know that. Have a great night. Bye.
0: Okay. I, it makes some sense. Yeah. Um... I I have nothing to argue with there. I mean, I, I I understand, you know, where people are coming from on that. I think it it does make a lot of sense. Is it has it been scientifically proven in any way, shape, or form, or anything of that nature? I don't know.
1: I don't know either. And I mean, I I can't recall. I know we touched on that in one of my classes, but I kind of threw it out and didn't pay much attention to it. <laughs> But it's one of those things that we all experience, you know, you think sure. about somebody and then you run into them at the grocery store or something like yeah. that. I, I think mean, if
0: anything, we now have a word for it. Yeah. You know, more than anything, because we, we do, we have talked about it before, but we just kind of didn't really have a way to define it.
1: Yeah, you're right. We didn't.
0: So there you go. Thank you for that. That's yeah. good. Simulation. theory. That that's the word of the day for Ouija Awareness Month. Oh, wait, that's not yet. Ouija Awareness Month starts in October, right? We're almost there. Almost there. I'm just, I'm so excited. So I can't, I just, I forget what time it is. It is fall now, though. So that's, that's a good thing. Yes. Getting closer and closer to the magic holiday. That's Halloween.
1: It's time to go walk in the cemeteries and look at the trees.
0: It is. And take pictures of gravestones and then post them on Facebook and have your family go, why are you walking through cemeteries taking pictures of things? Because that's how we roll. Exactly. Uh, 855-853-48R2 is our our phone number to call into the show. Make sure you call and share a ghost story for a future episode or right into the website realghoststoriesonline.com subscribe please that helps us out quite a bit and if you're not an EPP yet my last plea on this episode to become one it's only five bucks a month you support the show you keep it going and we give you a bonus episode every single week as a thank you so it's a a big win-win check that out on the website realghoststoriesonline.com for Jenny Bruski, I'm Tony Bruski. thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online